Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, August 17, 2021. I hope you can hear me okay. I'm trying to talk kind of quietly because there are four mammals sleeping in my home. And I don't want to wake two of them. (laughs) The dogs, you know, they can fall back asleep in a second. The lady and the baby, who's not a baby... They, uh, you know, I would, I don't want to disturb them. There's nothing more dicked you can do to someone, I don't think, than wake them up. Unless they're in trouble. Or unless the house, yeah. If you're somebody who wakes somebody up, that's just, just poor form. And if you're somebody who makes a bunch of noise while people are sleeping, you're an insensitive asshole. <laughs> so just let me sleep. Uh, anyway, that's why I'm, I'm talking in this... And also, I'm upstairs, because everybody's asleep. Why go to the basement? I'll just try to do the podcast up here. And let you know that when this comes out on Tuesday, August 17th, you should come to Limerick Junction Comedy. Because we have a terrific lineup tonight, including... I have the lineup for you right here, by the way. Few shows in North America would have Pierre Guyton going first, but I'm going to, because it's Limerick. And... He could close the show or he could go first. Either way, he's going to destroy. And he's going to go first. And then it's going to be Ty Colgate, followed by Amy Brown. Then it's going to be the Limerick debut of Eric Tillman, who I'm very excited to see. Christopher Show, also making his Limerick main show debut. Ali Edge. And closing us out, it's old Paul Yollinger. How about that? Paul (laughs) Yollinger, one of the... (laughs) Angriest, he's not one of the angriest people. He's one of my favorite people to wind up. I'm like former Italian defender Marco Materazzi, who headbutted Zidane in the World Cup final 14, 15 years ago. Materazzi was described as a professional wind up merchant, and few people I enjoy winding up as much as Paul Ollinger. But I'm thrilled that he's closing out Limerick. And come on down. It's a free show every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. I was not there last week, as I told you, because I was I was parenting. And Nick Murphy hosted in my stead and had a great time from what I, from what I heard. Tonight is Monday. So I'm recording this on Monday. It doesn't matter. I don't want to do the whole Inception thing. Come to Limerick when you hear this. Tuesday the 17th, it's going to be a good time. When I'm recording this should not matter. Other than to say, tonight... Uh, I saw a little bit of Wheel of Fortune. The TV show. Wheel of Fortune. And yes, everything's okay. Uh, thank you for your concern. I'm sure some of you like immediately like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? <laughs> You're watching TV at 7 o'clock? Uh, well, I'll tell you why I was watching it. Because I put the girl in her new big girl bed. We're, we're, we just graduated from the crib yesterday. Uh, only took me like four months to put together the bed, but the bed is in place. The girl had her first night's sleep on it. It's another reason why I probably don't want to wake her up. She's in a new sleeping environment. But we've moved on from the crib. So if you need a crib or you know somebody that wants a crib and you're in the Atlanta area, write me at yesjoesmith at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram uh, at yesjoesmith, and we'll see what we can do to get you a really nice crib that uh, I put together myself and I'm going to take together take apart myself 
And anyway, the girl's in there on her bed, and after I put her to sleep this tonight, uh, my wife is now sick. My wife has a fever this evening. And, I, and like I've said before, I think this is COVID. <laughs> I don't think this is COVID. I think this is just we have kids. We have a kid in school, and now we just have diseases going through or viruses going through our house all the time. So come down to Limerick and breathe on me. So my wife, while I was putting the girl in the bed at 7, my wife immediately took some medicine, got into bed, pulled up the covers, and I walked in, and there's Wheel of Fortune on. And I, I, uh, it's startling, A, to see the TV on at 7 o'clock. No judgment if that's when you watch TV. I don't, I don't care. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not judging. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but there's Pat Sajak. And I think Pat Sajak might go on the list. He has been, I looked it up, he has been the host of Wheel of Fortune for 40 years. <laughs> It's, lo- it's barely longer than Slayer was a band. And if you want to hear the Slayer podcast, I think it's called Solo King, Solo Hanuman. Way back, way back when. We talked about the Angel of Death, Joseph Mengele, and after Auschwitz. Remember that? Mengele's Wikipedia page. He was the fucking architect of so much death, yet somehow was able to bounce out of Germany, and his Wikipedia says, after Auschwitz. Mengele enjoyed a nice back nine of his life and, you know, raised some kids in a Buenos Aires suburb or something. Pat Sajak has hosted for 40 years. He goes on the list. And if he goes on, so does Vanna. And he's just, he, he's, I, I watched it for, you know, two minutes while I could get one puzzle. And bless those people, too, who are on the show. They each get that little, I, I, I maybe never noticed it, but they get a little white plastic handle, it looks like they passed down, because it must be very painful to grab. It, it's a grab the spokes, or whatever they're called, that they yank to pull the wheel around. There's like a handle. There's like a movable handle that they just pass on down the line because it's a sophisticated wheel you have to turn. Sajak has been hosting that motherfucker for 40 years. And the contestants, I have a thought about Pat. The contestants, they are like, they're very likable because they're just, they're, they're very authentic. Unlike maybe, say, the people on Jeopardy who look, you know, maybe a little self-absorbed, a little special. Sometimes at least the ones that stand out look a little smug, like, Alex, you know, go fuck yourself. Probably just mimicking what Alex gave them. Like, you know, Alex was always like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm reading the answer in my hand, so therefore (laughs) I'm right. There's a different vibe of the Jeopardy contestant. Uh, You know, they went to college. (laughs) Wheel of Fortune, you know, fucking anything goes. Not that they didn't go to college, but it's more like the Price is Right contestants. If that show still is around. (laughs) Let's just all braid each other's hair, put on some sweats, and watch some daytime TV. Wouldn't that be fun? Eat ice cream out of the container. Cry now and again. And then make resolutions at the, you know, at the 4 o'clock in the afternoon when we get into some wine. And talk about what we want to be. 
so the contestants have like a real authenticity about them that I like on Wheel of Fortune. And it's very charming when they get to like, you know, they, they don't act like the Jeopardy contestants. They're still like, hmm, how about a tea? And they're like, nah, Sajak's like, uh, no, tea, sorry, no big deal. And he's the master of, he says nothing and keeps it moving. I'm sorry, there's no tea, uh, two teas or four teas, and just keeps it moving, engages in little, the lightest of banter, the lightest of small talk, tiny talk. But what's funny is like when the puzzle is blank and every letter needs to be filled in, you know, no one knows what it is. And as it gets closer and closer, it's like, okay, maybe... You know, somebody in the room, maybe my wife has a thought, maybe you have a thought. Maybe I think I can solve that. It's, you know, the taming of the shrew or something like that. But what's really, what I noticed tonight is when the contestants, they, oops, I just dropped the recording device. Hopefully that didn't make an impact on the recording. Did it? Let's see. No, looks like it's still going. So hopefully that didn't cause too much audio difficulty on your end what's funny is though when all of the just about all of the letters get filled in and then then it's like okay adam your turn and he's like i'd like to solve the puzzle <laughs> and it's like the puzzle is here's what you can see u s space p o s T A L space S E R blank I C E. And Adam goes, I would like to solve the puzzle. And he's like, All right, go ahead. He goes, U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> like, I can read. <laughs> he's so, but he's so genuine and hyped about it. It's like, you know what? I did it. I got all the way here. But at the same time, it looks like he's just like, I can read the fucking words on the screen, Pat, and pay me my 1400 That's what this guy was doing tonight. Just like, I can, you know what? I'm on Wheel of Fortune, and I can, because maybe if you were like a Jeopardy contestant, Jeopardy contestant would be a little more smug, smug about it. Like, it's U.S. Postal Service. This guy was just like, um, United States Postal Service. Like, I got it, but also I'm just... <laughs> reading and I'm 35 years old anyway Sajak's been doing that job for 40 years and I know that because I looked up his Wikipedia page and I gotta tell you I wish I didn't do that or I mean not that I wish I didn't do it because I learned that Pat has been doing it for 40 but I missed the simpler time where you didn't have to know everything about the artist you know, you didn't have to think about their politics. You know, you'd probably like to know if they were, you know, had some really bad behavior. And then we probably wouldn't like most of the artists that we have liked over time. But it says Sajak is a Washington Capitals fan. Like, hey, that's cool. Pat likes hockey. And it's like, oh, and also, <laughs> he doesn't believe in global warming. <laughs> I'm like... Why am I there with that? Like, and Pat also is in some, you know, wild, I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but uh, 
<laughs> but one paragraph, it's like he really supports hockey in the nation's capital. He's a big uh, Ovechkin fan, and he really likes the way the game has opened up now. And also, he does not believe that the Earth's crust is getting warmer and the ozone layer is being depleted. You know why? Because he's fucking Pat Sajak. <laughs> and that's that's the beauty of being Pat. Is And that's the beauty of how far he's got that job on lock. Is, have you, do you remember anybody ever saying, Well, by the way, you know, Pat doesn't... Um, believe in evolution or I, I don't know what he doesn't believe in but he doesn't believe in in global warming in climate change you know, it used to be called a climate change controversy and incredibly we're gonna we're hotboxing ourselves and we're gonna fucking burn up in like 20 minutes and we'll just argue about it until the thing explodes but anyway Pat's uh, next time you look at Pat throwing that throwing over tossing in TV terms, media terms. I'm going to toss it to you now, Vanna. Next time you see him toss it over to the contestant who wheels that thing around, just know Pat's like, I do not think that the glaciers are melting at a pace that uh, that should cause alarm. And I, I don't think it's um, man-made. And anyway, that's what I learned about Pat. I, I miss the more simple time. Not simple time. I just wish I didn't... <laughs> At the one hand, I'm glad I know that because it's kind of interesting. Well, fucking, what's on Pat's mind in there tonight? Probably thinking, you know, these fucking hippies with the electric cars and the Elon Musks and the Teslas. Speaking of a different, speaking of being uh, in a vacuum of information or the benefit of that and the, you know, the privilege in that. I, uh, what are you going to do? The Afghanistan situation is worse with each thing you learn about it. And I'm not going to trust. This is supposed to be somewhat of a comedy podcast. <laughs> like that. It used to be, this is supposed to be a comedy podcast. Now it's like, it's supposed to be somewhat of a comedy podcast. And I say that because the person, uh, 15 underscore, by 15 or 15 underscore with 15 underscore shout out to you for leaving that review that person said listen and learn so maybe it's maybe it's not funny but maybe you learn <laughs> maybe you learn something it is supposed to be a comedy podcast so i'm not going to talk about the horrors of afghanistan other than to say it is it's too soon territory no it's i mean if you're in new york if you're in a comedy club at midnight nothing is too soon but for me memorializing anything on a podcast, I, I don't have any funny thoughts about Afghanistan. I did. I did, be, you know, before the weekend, before Kabul or Kabul, Kabul fell. Just like, you know, I guess getting older, making me think about like things I'll never do. Um, you know, maybe having some regrets about won't being able to. Wow, life went by and I never did that. It's like, you know, unfortunately now I'll never get to go to Afghanistan. And, you know, that was funny to me and three people that I told it, that I said it to, because I didn't see it coming, I guess. But that was before we actually started over the last, like, 24, 48 hours thinking about what the Taliban fucking doing in, it's just a shit show. And uh, the, the, the point I'm trying to 
gingerly make here is uh, there's nothing funny about it other than, you know, I mean, there's nothing funny about like, hey, I'm uh, from my, you know, comfortable air conditioned home. I'm not going to go visit uh, Afghanistan. And oh, my God, my heart breaks for everybody. Sincerely breaks for everyone, especially the families of the people, the families of people who died in that war, that conflict. And for the, for all of the, yes, the soldiers who went over and believed that they were doing something and they were making an impact on the world and they were motivated because they saw fucking September 11th and now I'm, I'm I can't tell if I'm getting chills, getting some emotion, but they saw September 11th and they're like, no, fuck this. I'm going to go over there because this is what I believe in. I'm going to put my life on the line and all gave some and some gave all and those guys and girls and everyone else came back changed forever because they did what they thought was right. And then in a fucking moment's notice, it's like, flip right back over the Taliban almost as if all of that didn't count and of course it counted those efforts and the commitment and courage it all counted because those people know what they did and they know what they believed in and yeah I know there's fucking horrific shit associated with it and it's not all black and white I know that I'm just saying I feel bad I feel awful, and I can only imagine the hurt, the anger that they have in their hearts uh, about just like 20 years being undone in in a weekend, and now it's back to where where we were. So there's no, to me, there's no humor in it, (sighs) other than, you know, as they were closing in on, it's not funny, but other than... The the uh, president, as they were closing in on Kabul, 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 as the Taliban was closing in, the president of Afghanistan fled to Uzbekistan. He said because he didn't want to see any further bloodshed. I'm like, yeah, dude, yours. Because <laughs> the fucking Taliban seem like they don't play. And that's why the guy's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to fucking get out of here. I'm, you know how bad this is? I'm going to fucking Uzbekistan. And I don't know anything about that. So I'm sure it's wildly disrespectful. But it's a fucking shit show. And my, uh, I just I can't imagine. Last night I was watching the BBC News. You know, because that's what I do at night sometimes. And just with each telling of what was happening over there, it just got more like, just dreadful dreadful to the point of like turn it off shut it down don't pay any not don't pay any attention but just like don't really think about what is happening over there they're fucking they were showing images of people at the airport climbing on not climbing on airplanes like oh i have to fucking run and get on this plane i'm talking about people climbing on the top of 727s that's how desperate they were to get the fuck away from the fucking taliban Climbing on top of the airplane, like in airplane or some, I, I don't even think in airplane they did that. Brutal. And then, I don't know, you, you can read the paper, you know what happened. 
now we're going to send people back over there to try to, man, oh man, what a shit show. What an absolute shit show. And for those of you who have shat on me for my (laughs) political takes, fuck you, you know. Get get your own podcast and no, I don't mean fuck you at all. I just mean I'm not. They say people who know much more about it is that every president who has uh, been on in in the role for the last twenty years has fucked this up, and uh, Biden is no different. They say, and I'm I'm on board with that. I have no problem with that. So anyway, I don't know what I'm saying about the politics thing. It's just fucking brutal and. Uh, there are no jokes there. There are no jokes. and But I think it's worth engaging with, paying attention. Just like fucking... All right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Almost like... Just like Haiti. <laughs> That's a fun podcast. I was... Um, like I said, it took me four months to put together my daughter's big girl bed. And she has been very helpful in the process. She... Uh, she will come in there while I'm, because it's, it's not, my wife says it's not Ikea, but she said it's not far away from Ikea. So there's a lot of stuff to put together, you know, like you, not build, but assemble with a bunch of nails and screws, the boards that, you know, link the frame. And, and of course they're all measurements are off and I have to put wood filler in every one of the holes to get the screws to fit. But, you know, I'll be doing it for like 20 minutes and then, my daughter will be with me the whole time, and then all of a sudden she'll just lose interest in it, and then she'll go start pulling out a bunch of blankets of hers, and she'll just like start putting them on my legs, and then while well, I'm screwing like a screw in, and then she'll put them on my shoulders, and then she'll put them over my, she'll drape them over me, over my head, and I can't see what I'm doing, and she'll just say, "Cover you up, Dada," and that's it. So she's generally pretty supportive until she loses interest and then she does that i had the hammer out yesterday because that's the world's greatest screwdriver it's really true Uh, i was not using it as a screwdriver i was using it to who knows what make something more accessible for a screw i think but she calls it a knocker she because probably surprises you to know there's not a lot of carpentry done around my home by me I don't do a lot of hammering but she calls the hammer you probably never heard me say the word hammer or my wife say it she calls it a knocker I was like oh girl that's knocker is something totally different it was very cute though the way she said it like knocker but now she also knows like what is it she knows, like, what is that? Like, that means, what do you call that? Like a hammer. Which, she, but she then, and she also was entering, and you, you uh, probably have been horrified by your nephews and nieces when they enter the why phase. Why? Why? Or your children, for that matter. Why? And Louis, I think, at the beginning of his, I think the first if I remember correctly, the first episode, the first scene of the first episode of his TV show that preceded Louie, the one years ago called Lucky Louie, is the best 
ever on uh, why. But she'll say why. And, you know, like, uh, normally for something like a screwdriver, she'll, I'm like, she's like, what is that? And I'll say, oh, it's a screwdriver. And she'll say, why? And I'll say, well, actually, it drives the screw into the hole. Why? Well, because it, you know, puts pressure on the screw, and you can see me turning it, so the screw is essentially being driven. Like, there's a logical fucking explanation for why it's called a screwdriver. But when she said, she said that she referred to the knocker, she said, knocker, and I was like, girl, believe me, knockers, <laughs> knockers are much more important. I said, this is actually called a hammer. And then she said, why? And I don't fucking know. Why is a hammer called a hammer? I have no idea. And I had no answer for her. So I was like, I can't, because it hams. Why is the hammer called hammer? I'll find that out maybe for you next time. I don't know. Now I'm looking at her uh, <laughs> her backpack. She, you she, I, I don't know how interesting this is to you, but she moves everything. She transports shit all over the house into my wife got, I told you my wife got back. Maybe my wife got coronavirus on that unnecessary trip she just took. But her suitcase or carry-on was still upstairs for a couple of days. And, you know, my daughter would take, like, car key. Like, where are the car keys? Where's mom's phone? And in the suitcase. She knows where everything is great. Because she communicates pretty well. But also there's a whole world that she has access to that we don't know about. <laughs> and that's the world that happens from three feet high and down. And she just, you know, stuff that you might need, like, um, I don't know, your driver's license or a credit card or something, I don't know, some joke notes or a check or something. And it's like it just vanished. And it could be anywhere. It could be in a little toy stove. It could be used as a bookmark in a book. It could be in her backpack. Most likely, it's in Baba's suitcase, though, because the suitcase was very, very popular. Anyway, um, please come to Limerick. Oh, and you know what else? Please come to Limerick tonight. Please come. I hope you come. It should be fun. Paul Ollinger's closing out. I think I'm going to ask him to pick me up and drive me over in his Tesla, by the way. Paul has real money. That's why... I I pay the feature comic at Limerick, and I'm not going to pay Paul. Because you know why? Because this is, doesn't make sense. He doesn't need the money. <laughs> it's I need it more. There's no question I need it more, so I'm not paying him. And I'm going to have him pick him up, pick me up in his Tesla. So come to Limerick. It'll be a great show. Like I said, in no on no planet should Pierre be opening, other than I want somebody to destroy it right out of the blocks. And he's going to do that. So come see the show. Thursday, uh, as I'm heading to retirement or senior citizenry, Thursday, I am getting a colonoscopy. Yeah, I know. First one ever. And apparently there was nothing that warranted other than just like, you've never had one, dude? It's time to have one. So I'm going to do that on Thursday. And I'm kind of resenting it. Not resenting it. I'm fortunate enough that I have insurance that I hope will fucking pay for it. 
But for some reason, I feel I, uh, I don't res- what do I resent? I was trying to think about it today and talking about it with Paul. I think I resent the fact that I have to be pulled into the medical industrial complex. That's the, the, the institution, the system, the authority, and be at its mercy. Literally with its hand up my ass. That's what it is. Ron Artest would not want to go either. And, and and then I was like, but that's not an answer. Why is that? Why do I hate being pulled into that? And, you know, I think I think because delusionally, I think I, and I don't really think this, but I hold out like that I'm an exception, which I don't, I don't really think that. But I do, I think, feel like it shouldn't apply to me. I don't really believe that, but I think that's what fucking irritates me. And also there's like no direct... Like if I jumped off the roof or I went up and, as I will do again this year, put the Christmas tree, put the, sorry, the holiday lights, the Christmas lights, the fucking Christmas lights on the outside of the house. Uh, If I fell off and broke my leg and had to go into the uh, medical industrial complex, I would get that. But, you know, just eating and drinking for how many ever thousands of years. And I now I just have to go have this. I really don't even mind going to have the procedure, to be honest with you. What I don't look forward to, because cause Paul Allender is such a fucking baby. Don't come see Trump. <laughs> Apparently, the day before prep is a little grueling with the eating and the pooping. And Anyway, I'm doing that on Thursday. And my doctor, uh, his website says that he is, like, so accomplished. And the language, I, I don't have it with me, nor am I going to. Pull it out of my ass. I he apparently is really an expert in all things anal, which is great. I'm glad I'm going to him and not somebody who's a virgin. So, come to Limerick Tuesday. Come to Limerick tonight, and and then if you see me Friday, I'm I'm somewhere that I'll tell you about on Friday. I can't remember, but I will have a newly. I will, they will have gone in. I'm not proud of that. I'm not excited about that. I'm really not looking forward to it. But that is going to happen. And uh, before that happens, come see me not shit my pants tomorrow, tonight at Limerick. Come to Limerick Junction. Let's bend an elbow. I'll have Paul pick me up, which means then I'll have 3.5 drinks and have somebody hopefully drive me home after lightning round. Uh, If Paul doesn't stick around because he won't. Because he is responsible and he'll go home. But uh, I hope you have a great week and uh, spare a thought for those people in Haiti and also in Afghanistan and the United States of America as well. Okay, good night.